Welcome to Tribes Podcast. Thank you for making this message a part of your week. If you're ever in Jackson Hole, we would love for you to visit our tribe family. We meet on Sundays at 5.30 at the Snow King Conference Center. And if you'd like to know more about us, you can find us online or on Facebook by searching tribejh.com. So great to see everybody back. Whether you're visiting or you live here and you've been gone, it's always fun. It's always surprises. Uh, Normally, I don't pick on uh, first-time visitors. And I'm not going to start tonight. <laughs> well, you just gave yourself away. So, uh, but it's so great. Great to be with you guys. So, so much fun to, to be here in Jackson, to be a local here in Jackson and be like a local tribe member family because like our, our family members like coming through, they're coming through on, on vacation and from out of town. And so uh, is it, is it going to be a great night tonight? Let me rephrase the question. Hasn't it already been a great night tonight? Oh, my goodness. Lissa, you're killing it every time. It's so great. So great. Uh, And something else, uh, we've got great stuff happening up here tonight and downstairs. Great things are happening as well in our Tribe Kids ministry. Uh, As you think of it tonight, be praying for joy and our Tribe Kids uh, team downstairs because... Uh, If you don't know, they have been in a series for the last couple of weeks on the Holy Spirit, who he is and how he rolls. And I think it's great that we can raise our children in normative Christian Christianity, which includes the person in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Like, how awesome is that, y'all? Like, like, I don't know about your journey, but I got saved, and then it wasn't until later I was like, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit. I was like, Father and Son, yep, I got that. And it wasn't until, like, years later in my Christianity that I was like, oh, yeah, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and he is wonderful, and he is awesome. And so tonight, Joy's going to be talking, she has been talking about the Holy Spirit uh, with, with your children in elementary, and uh, tonight, whenever you pick your kids up... Uh, whenever you took them into bed tonight, I think it'll be really fun to follow up with your kids tonight and say, hey, what did Miss Joy talk about tonight? And what questions do you have? And, and just see what God's doing in their hearts. So please be praying about that, all right? Okay, if you have a Bible with you, would you click on Isaiah chapter 51? Isaiah chapter 51. While you're turning to Isaiah, I'll give you just a minute. As Amanda mentioned earlier, there's a little gray connect card in your seat. If you are new tonight uh, and or if there's something that you'd like to share with us, just take a moment, fill out that gray connect card. There'll be a bucket that comes down your row and you can put it right in the bucket there. Isaiah chapter 51, I'm going to read this to you, and if you will remember, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2, and if you will remember, we've already recently talked about these two verses. So let me jog your memory. Isaiah 51, listen to me, all who hope for deliverance, all who seek the Lord, consider the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were mined. Verse 2, and that's as far as we'll go. Yes, think about Abraham and Sarah. Your, excuse me. Think about Abraham, your ancestor, and Sarah, who gave birth to your nation. Abraham was only one man when I called him, but when I blessed him, 
he became a great nation. In your Bible, would you just underline that word blessed in verse 2? And if you're taking notes tonight, at the top of your notes, you can write broken to be blessed. And if you will remember a few weeks ago, I talked about this, this very same passage, and we were talking about Abram and Abraham, and how did Abram get to be Abraham, and what was God doing in his life to become Abraham? Well, if you will remember, there was one Hebrew letter that was added to his name to change his name from Abram to Abraham, and that Hebrew letter is the word hey. Everybody say hey. Hey was added to his name, and when you look at that letter in the Hebrew, it means the breath of God, the Holy Spirit partnering with the man Abram. Think of it as God putting his super on Abram's natural to become Abraham. Well, tonight, I want to share with you something else that the Lord pointed out to me in this passage, and I've been holding it for like two weeks, and so tonight I get to share it with you. But this truth that we're going to look at in verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 51 is hidden. It's a truth that's hidden in a paradox. And if you don't remember what, what your eighth grade English teacher gave you as a definition for what a paradox is, let me just refresh your memory. A seemingly absurd or contradictory statement that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded and true. Like uh, an example uh, of a paradox, uh, like, like jumbo shrimp or, or something. Okay, there's a lot of paradoxes in the Bible. Um, the, the Bible's full of paradoxes. Think about this. Living stones, that's a paradox. The lion and the lamb. If you want to be first, you got to be last. When you're weak, then you're strong. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake to the leadership of Jesus, then you will keep it. Then this is one of my favorite paradoxes in the Bible. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds like Christians. Like, come on, you guys are weird. <laughs> right? Like, have you ever like not, if, you, if, you're a, if you've been a Christian for a long time, do you ever think about what it's like for people to see you and your life on the outside? Like, let's just be honest, you're weird. Like you're going through difficult times. You got this big smile on your face. You're full of like faith and hope and the, your world is falling apart around you. Like, that, come on, that's just weird. If you don't understand the source of your faith and your hope, right? So it's a great paradox in the Bible. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. The paradox that I wanna talk to you about tonight is hidden in verse two. And the Lord just put this so strongly on my heart that if you take this important principle and if you bury it deep in your heart, you will find this principle to be the source of three things. True joy, freedom, and release from anxiety. Could anybody use a measure of true joy in their life, more freedom, and be released from anxiety? You can raise your hand on this one. This principle is so important to get buried deep into your heart. And it's kind of, and it's hidden. It's camouflaged right here in verse two. So I wanna read verse two to you again. Think about Abraham, your ancestor, and Sarah, who gave birth to your nation. Abraham was only one man when I blessed him 
But when I blessed him, he became a great nation. The key word is blessed. Now, a lot of people get the idea wrong when they think about blessed by God. When they think about blessed by God, maybe they think of like, you know, like, you know, Bible belt preachers and jewelry and like, Lord, he is blessed. Or maybe it gets some sort of weird idea in your head about like, what does it mean to be blessed by God? I think that some people have had such poor teaching or maybe been like the victim of like, like weird circumstances that, that they don't even pray to be blessed. Like they think somehow some people, believe it or not, some Christians actually think that you shouldn't pray to be blessed. That is, whew. You can skip those prayers and I'll just, just add them to my plate because I'll take all, all that I can get. But a lot of times, even if you do understand that it's okay to ask to be blessed by God, a lot of times people get this weird idea of exactly what it means to be blessed by God. That if a person's blessed by God, that they would have, you know, they would get a bigger truck. They would get a, a larger house, or in this county, actually any house. <laughs> Can I get a, all right. Oh, they're blessed. They've got a perfect family. How are you doing today? Oh, blessed. Well, what does that actually mean? Well, when we look at that verse in Isaiah, uh, in, in verse two of that passage in Isaiah, that word blessed is, the, is a very unique word. It's used in the Bible a lot in the Old Testament. It's used a lot, but the meaning of that word blessed is, is really unique and it's gonna help us to wrap our brains around what does God mean by the word blessed? We can come up with definitions all day long about what we think the word blessed means, but what does God have to say about the word blessed? Well, to paint a picture we're gonna paint some happy little trees here around this idea of the word blessed. And I wanna share a couple of verses with you. You can write them down and I think they'll be up on the screen. The first one is this. He made the camels kneel down beside a well just outside the town. It was evening and the women were there coming out to draw water. That word blessed is in that verse. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 22. You can write this address down and come back and read it again. 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 22. Joab bowed with his face to the ground in deep respect and said, at last, I know that I have gained your approval, my Lord the King, for you have granted me this request. Two more. Next one is in 2 Chronicles. Well, there's actually, this verse is used a lot, but I'm only gonna share two more with you. 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 13. Now Solomon made a bronze platform. Is that it? No, I'll just go from there. He stood at the platform and then he knelt in front of the entire community of Israel and lifted his hands towards heaven. Can you see the brush strokes painting a picture here of this word blessed? And maybe, is it not what you thought it is? The, 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 the good stuff is hidden within the meaning of this word blessed. Blessed doesn't mean that, you know, your, your scratch and win lottery ticket is like a, a big hit every time. It doesn't mean blessed means that you go through life without any troubles, oppositions, hardship, or difficulty. One more, Psalms 95 verse six. 
Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker and look what Jesus does. This is something worthy of writing down. In the kingdom of God, blessing comes through brokenness. I'm glad you asked. I'll say it one more time. In the kingdom of God, blessing comes through brokenness. You know, everybody wants to be blessed, but nobody wants to pay the price of brokenness. Okay, Brian, okay, okay. What does it mean to be broken? Well, the idea of brokenness in God's economy looks a lot like the verses that we just read. What does, what does brokenness mean? It means being like a camel that kneels down, is forced to his knees on the hot desert sand. I don't know how much time you've spent around camels. I've spent like three hours and that was like enough for several lifetimes to be around camels. They really smell. You know that camel sweat? Like, you know, like, kind of like horses, right? You know, horses, sweaty horses smell a thousand times better than a sweaty camel. And in fact, I'm pretty sure that's an insult in several different cultures. <laughs> just, gotta, just let the laughter bubble up. You know, it may be down in there somewhere. There's a bunch of sweaty camels. Imagine being a camel. And you look at the, and you look at the verse that, that we just read. He says he made his camels to kneel down. Have you ever noticed like the big calluses on, on camels like elbows and knees? It's because they spend a, a lot of time being forced to kneel down. I don't know about you if you've ever like had to like lay down on like hot desert sand, but it's not really that pleasant. That's why they have those large calluses to help them get down and get up. And when they're on the ground, it's like this, this little insulation from them to keep them off the hot desert sand. Because I tell you what, nobody likes spending time laying on their belly in hot desert sand. But here's what the idea of brokenness means. That you would lay down, that you would be forced to kneel down on hot desert sand. It means that, like we read in other verses, that you would bow your face to the ground. This is a really uplifting message, isn't it? <laughs> like, keep preaching, Brian, woo! This is awesome. To be broken means to drop your pride and your fight and completely surrender to the mighty hand of the Lord. Now remember, we're talking about being blessed. You gotta keep that in focus. We're talking about being blessed by God. What's the pathway to being blessed? It's through brokenness. Did you know that every person has two options for brokenness? Every person has two options for brokenness. One of those options is with strength left with gas still left in the tank. And, and when I'm trying to think of how I could illustrate this, this principle to you, um, that, that, old, that old movie, uh, Knight's Tale, came to mind. Um, remember that movie, like uh, Knight's Tale, it had, um, he, he, oh yeah, you're real quick, real quick on the Heath Ledger there, huh? <laughs> Queued up on our iTunes. Heath Ledger is in Knight's Tale, and I don't, I don't know if you remember 
that movie, but there's a, there's a scene in the movie where, you know, of course the knight falls in love with the, with the princess, Princess Jocelyn, and, and he's trying to like prove his love for her. Like, what's it gonna take? You just name the price. I wanna prove my love to you. You know, I'll, I'll fight all the knights. I'll do this jousting and I'll win, you know, the fair maiden's hand. And Jocelyn says, well, if you really love me, you'll lose this next tournament. He don't like that. Yeah, but wouldn't it be better if I just won on my own to show you how awesome and strong I am? And Princess Jocelyn says, if you really love me, you'll, you'll, you'll lose the whole tournament. And so I don't want to spoil the movie for you because you've probably already forgotten about it. But the idea of brokenness is this idea of surrendering under the mighty hand of God. And you can do it with strength still left in you. The knight, he still had strength. He could, he could win the whole tournament, but he was allowing himself to be broken. I think of an, another example that, that happened with our family some years ago. Uh, we, we bought some land and built a house down in Alpine. And when God called us uh, down to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to school at, at ORU, we put our house on the market for you know, a certain price and, you know, we had showings here and there and, you know, we're getting a little bit of action, but, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. And the house sat on the market for a while. And finally, an offer comes uh, through, through, our, through our real estate agent and the offer was, was, was pretty low. And my first reaction was how insulting that they would give us such a low offer we need to counter with like, you know, X amount more. And the offer came with a, a pretty short, like, you know, opportunity to, to agree to the offer or, or not. And we didn't know. Lisa was like, we should take the offer. And I was like, no, we can hold out for more. We need to counter with more. No, I can't believe we're going to get more offers. No. And Lisa said, which guys always, duh, listen to your wife. And literally... The voice of the Holy Spirit often comes through the mouth of your wife. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. All the wise men are like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of the wives are like, mm-hmm. So I called a real estate friend of mine, and I said, uh, what do we do? He was kind of, you know, outside of the scene. I said, what do we do? Uh, you know, here are the specs. Um, here's our list price. Here's our offer. And he said, I would apply the principle of fairness in this situation. And I go, that sounds awesome. Like, what does that mean? And he says, it's a fair offer. Take the fair offer. I had strength, I had fight left in me. I wanted to counter, I wanted to fight, I wanted to like, we need to hold out for more and more. But there's this idea of brokenness that comes into play when this guy spoke into our lives and said, you should, you should take that offer. It's fair. And I surrendered my strength. We accepted the offer. And what none of us could have known is as soon as we got the house under contract for X amount, it was literally what? Like, like that next day, the market in 2007 just went whoop. And there were, ain't no more offers coming in on anything for a long time. If y'all lived... Through, through those years here in this county. 
I said there are two options that every person has for brokenness. Here's the second option. The second option is at the end of their strength. A person can surrender to brokenness with strength that they voluntarily let go and set aside, or they can surrender to brokenness at the end of their strength, after the fight has gone out of them completely. I think about a time when the fight left me completely. I was uh, in high school in Boulder, Colorado, and uh, my buddy and I went to go climb Mount Rainier in Washington. And uh, uh, coming down from Rainier was, was really wet and cold. What was snowing up high turned into rain down low. And like my, my backpack was like a giant sponge. And it just like every mile I walked down the trail was like, like my backpack was getting heavier and heavier. And I didn't realize it, but I just used up every ounce of energy in my body to get down to the trailhead. We climbed in, he had this old beat up VW bus and we climbed in the bus and I changed into dry clothes and we were gonna drive back to Seattle and I just started shaking and shivering uncontrollably and I didn't realize it, but I was like pretty deep into hypothermia and we stopped at Yakima, Washington and he's like, man, maybe we should go check you into the ER. And I was like, I could like, I couldn't, I couldn't do like, I mean, I, I still can't do simple math. <laughs> Uh, but like, you know, I didn't know my name. I was just so out of it. <laughs> you got to be honest when you're up here. And, and my buddy pulled up to the ER and, uh, and he ran around the side of the bus and he opened up the door for me and I got out and I, I was so weak. I, I could hardly even stand up and he's like, well, come on, let's get you into the ER. And I was just shaking uncontrollably and, and I took one step and I just like collapsed. My strength gave out and I fell into my buddy's arms. And this is like so humbling to, to tell y'all, but it really happened. He just kind of like scooped me up in his arms like a baby. I couldn't even walk into the ER and he carried me onto a ER, into the ER and, and uh, you know, like got me checked in. And then, you know, you would think he would be nice and compassionate because like here I am at the end of myself. But he had to be a dude and he kind of flopped me on the gurney. <laughs> but I was at the end of my strength. Brokenness. With strength or at the end of your strength. You know, God never forces brokenness on people. If he did, I don't know that I'd want to serve that kind of a God. That he would remove a person's strength or that he would take their fight away that's not that's not the god that that i serve the god that i serve invites people into the sweetness of brokenness remember back at that verse that we read in, in isaiah chapter 51 verse 2 think about abraham your ancestor and sarah who gave birth to your nation abraham was only one man when i called him but when I blessed him, when he was broken, when he came to the end of himself, he messed up with, with uh, uh, trying to bring an heir to his family through the servant girl. He messed up and he came to the end of himself. He was broken. But when I blessed him, 
he became a great nation. There's something about brokenness in a person's life that attracts the blessing and favor of God. The pathway to blessing is through brokenness. And a person can, can be broken one of two ways. They can surrender their strength. Lord, I feel like I, I know what to do in this situation. I feel like I, I got this figured out, but nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. Like uh, Saul, when Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, you remember, remember that story in a big blinding light? And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my people? Why do you insist on kicking the goat? Why do you keep poking this, your foot in this sharp stick? And then Jesus said, all right, Saul, who I'm gonna change your name to Paul, you think you're so awesome? Saul cried out to him like, Lord, like help me. And he said, okay. I'm gonna give you a little time out. This is Saul's pathway to brokenness. I'm gonna show you what your real condition is. And then he was blind. Something about being able to step into a place of brokenness that requires courage and a lot of surrender, but is the pathway to blessing. So here's my question for you. Is there an area of your life that God is inviting you into the sweetness of brokenness. So I wrote this down in my notes. Ooh, how, how, how would I know? How would I know if God is inviting me into the sweetness of brokenness? A couple things. The Holy Spirit is bringing it to your mind right now. There's an area of, of your life that he's like bringing up in your heart right now. That's how, that's one way that you can know that God is inviting you into the sweetness of brokenness. Another way that you can tell, is there an area of your life that is where God is off limits? Is there an area of your life that is off limits to God currently? Like it's holding strong, Maybe it's an area of pain that you haven't allowed the Lord to, to minister to yet because you know that to go there, to allow the Holy Spirit to go there to that place would bring up just such uncomfortable emotion that you would rather hold him at arm's distance instead of receiving God's invitation into stepping into brokenness. Is there an area of your life that's off limits to God? Maybe it's pain. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe there's an area of your heart that's in rebellion to the ways, precepts, principles, and values of the Lord. Those areas, God gives a ready invitation for you to step into brokenness. we have a tendency to have this idea that brokenness is is somehow a 
bad thing, a, a character flaw, a shortcoming, something to, to try to sweep under the rug or, or hide. But remember, the Bible and the kingdom of God is full of paradoxes. Brokenness is the first step to blessing from God, to healing of those areas of your life, and your mind, and your heart, and your past. And I, I don't know, maybe I've mentioned this before, but right here on this sub, I have taped three words, a sentence, a phrase that I look at every time I look at y'all. And it says right here on this sub, evoke her beauty. And I feel like that's my job. You're the bride of Christ. My job is to evoke her beauty, to call forth and bring forth the beautiful, radiant bride of Christ that you are. And sometimes that means telling you some hard stuff, right? Like talking to you tonight about brokenness. But when you step into God's invitation to brokenness, something amazing and incredible happens that's wonderful. But Jesus himself gives us a warning about a refusal to step into brokenness. This is the last verse I want to share with you. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to what the Lord may be doing in your heart. You can write this verse down, Luke chapter 20, verse 18. These ain't my words. These are the words of Jesus. Here's what Jesus says in Luke chapter 20, verse 18. Everyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone it falls on. Now that may sound a little cryptic, but let me break it down for you. If you fall on the rock, which is Jesus, by submitting and surrendering to his leadership in every area of your life, you will be broken to pieces. The old you will be so broken and shattered that you won't even be able to put the pieces back together, which is amazing. I mean, how well did you do at your old life? But when you, that's what it means to get saved, right? When you come to Jesus and you lay down your life in exchange for his, you're falling on the rock to be broken. But there's the other side of the coin that says, but watch out for the person on whom the rock falls because they'll be completely devastated. That sooner or later, maybe it's in this life or, or maybe it's in a, when your blood pump stop working and you step into heaven, into eternity where there will be, you will face a holy God for judgment. In that time, there will be some brokenness. But you will be, be beyond recovery at that point. There's no do-overs. There's no let me try one more time. Everyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces. That sounds awful, right? But it's like the best thing that could ever happen to your life. For you to receive the invitation for brokenness. For you to admit that you don't have it all. That you're not as strong as you think you are. That, you, that you've got it all together like you pretend like you do with your friends. 
and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. Tonight, there's an invitation by God to invite his brokenness into your life.